There we go. It's recording. What? We record these shows? I know. Imagine that. It's a good thing we don't put them online or anything. I don't want other people to hear. Would you like to join a conversation with the Freelancer Show panelists and their guests? Want to support the show? We have a forum that allows you to join the conversation and support the show at the same time. Sign up at freelancershow.com slash forum. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 120 of the Freelancer Show. This week on our panel we have Eric Davis. Hello. Curtis McHale. G'day. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And this week we're talking about lifestyle businesses versus money-making businesses. The topic Which I think is a stupid distinction, but... Yeah, I think it's kind of odd. But Who comes up with the show titles anyways? Well, we were having a discussion a few weeks back and we decided to do the, you know, kind of the stuff you should know when you're trying to decide on going freelance and getting started and all that stuff. And this was one of the things I think we just kind of tossed out there and I... I'm not really sure if we had a good term for the, you know, kind of the, I don't want to say opposite, but what wouldn't be a lifestyle business. So maybe we should just start by kind of giving a a thumbnail of what we think a lifestyle business entails. Any business at all is my opinion. Segmenting your business or businesses into lifestyle and not lifestyle, like your business is part of your life. It's where you spend most of your time all the time. So it is by definition your lifestyle. Yeah, I've used I've heard the term used and I've actually used it myself to sort of mean a business where it's really just set up to support the other aspects of your lifestyle. So f- basically, you know, you spend your work time working so that you can pay for, you know, the rest of the other living stuff. So you're not spending as much time working, you're spending the other, the rest of your time with your kids or so doing it's, hobbies it's a difference or, in the end goal then, right? End goal of the business right. to be like this huge, awesome conglomerate that you're going to grow into epic proportions or one that allows you to live the comfortable life you want to live. Right. And so some people, the job is just a means to an end. And basically it's a means to eat, have a place to live, and a base of operations for the rest of your life. And then you have other people who tend to focus a little bit more on building a business and making lots of money and, you know, they, they kind of postpone that lifestyle component a little bit or a lot of bit, you know, where they're focused much more on making more money and growing their business. And one, so do you actually know anyone that's like that, like focused on making more money and growing the business to exclusion of their lifestyle? So the lifestyle business is much more deliberate. And I've seen people who are workaholics and to a certain extent, I kind of am one. And so, you know, I put in way more hours uh, as opposed to doing some of the things that I would like to do with my family or, you know, pursuing the other lifestyle aspects that I would like to do. But for me, I see it more as a phase as opposed to, you know, a conscious decision that that's where I'm going to be for the next 10 years. Does that make sense? I think anyone starting out is in like the, I don't know, hustle mode where it's work lots, work lots. And hopefully later on you can be in the, I'm going to take off on Fridays or I'm going to spend two hours reading stories to my kids or going for a walk with my wife or just sitting. One thing to think about it is like I look at lifestyle businesses or that term is you're starting a business because it's something that you really enjoy and something you want to do for the rest of your life. Like if you had a lifestyle business that you liked, you wouldn't retire. You would leave the business when you're done or whatever. And it's kind of not just a passion, but it's kind of a passion. Whereas like the money making businesses, the business is just a way to 
make money, you know, maybe you're going to sell the business to another company or you're going to have it throw off a bunch of cash. And once you have that, then you actually pursue another goal that you want. And so the money making is like, it's a means to an end versus the lifestyle is like, this is what you want to do. Like you guys saying, it's not really clear cut. There's not like, this is a lifestyle business or whatever. And um, a lot of people use lifestyle business in like a derogatory term. Like they say, oh, you're not passionate enough about your your business. It's just a lifestyle business for you, which, you know, I, I think some people start taking that back and they actually deliberately build a lifestyle business. Mm-hmm. But it's something to kind of keep in mind of like, you know, there's different levels here. It's a gray area of where you fall or, you know, where you want to be versus where you are. Yeah, I think for me, like I... I'm generally a pretty content person, so I could be happy doing any number of careers as long as they facilitated the other goals that I have, which is hanging out with my kids, being able to read stories, you know, not really missing first steps and first words and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a lot of where I'm at too. But so right now I'm much more focused on building the business than I have been on some of these other lifestyle aspects. And for me, it's it's just really, I feel like I'm in a place where you know, if I push it ahead to a certain point, then I can keep the machine running and then I can have the lifestyle stuff and spend the time. And so, uh, you know, there, there's a real ramp up phase that I'm in right now. And, and so I, you know, and I do feel guilty sometimes that I'm not spending the time with my kids or, or things like that as much as I would like to. But at the same time, there is that aspect. When you're getting started, are, are there certain decisions you need to make regarding this? I think when you're getting started... Except in some rare circumstances, you don't have a choice. You're not running, you know, the air quotes lifestyle business because you have to get known in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like I was still getting my clients and still hustling and working a lot. So we had no kids at the time. I mean, we didn't, I guess I had a full year of running my business before we had our first kid. So I could hustle hard and work very hard and get back to that. But even in times since then, like last November, I worked double the whole month so that I could take January, a good chunk of January off, right? For the new baby. So when you're starting, I think you don't have a choice. You have to hustle hard, hard, unless you're, you know, very well known, a core contributor in Rails or in WordPress or something who, when has the, they have availability, people just snap it up immediately. Yeah, but there's some things you, you can do or you might want to do when you get started. Like if your goal is to build a big consultancy of a couple of dozen consultants and you are able to kind of step away, then you're going to start your branding. You're going to name your company. You're going to do the business startup things differently than someone who it's just kind of a, a thing to do on the side to bring in income so that you could pursue like an art career or something. And so I think there's some things you can, you need to do kind of up front or you would change based on what your outcome is at the end. Um, it's not to say you can't change your mind or go from one to the other later on, but that's something you have to think about. I think this really comes back to why you're going freelance. So for example, uh, part of the reason I went freelance was that I was tired of being an employee and I was tired of, you know, getting laid off from the jobs I liked and having people fight me to stay on the jobs I hated, you know, and so there was a certain degree of that kind of a feeling. But the other thing is, is that I really wanted to be able to be around and be involved when my kids started school and started being involved in other things so that I could just have the freedom to go and do it and not really worry about checking in with my boss or making sure that things are, it's okay that I take this time off to go do whatever it is with my family. And so I was looking for that kind of freedom and that kind of lifestyle as well. I think people really do need to evaluate where they're at and what they want from their freelance career. Are you looking to make more money? Are you looking to buy that house or that car? Are you looking to have certain measure of, you know, one thing or another in your life? 
you know what what what's the driving factor and is it important enough to you you know make sacrifices one way or the other to have it yeah like i know one guy he he wanted to work with other smart people and so he figured you know instead of trying to find the smart people and find a company that has open position he found it was better to just start his own business hire those smart people he wanted to work with and then find work for them to do and so you know he was doing a lot of hustle up front like everyone else but his hustle was because he wanted to get all these employees. He wanted to, you know, build a great team there. And so that's a different influence than what you would have done, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I think it was interesting, the the discussion over whether or not a lifestyle business is or is not a money-making business. And I think what it really boils down to is whether or not what you're doing has the kind of value that people will pay lots of money for or not, and what kind of work it's going to take in order to make that money. I know that certain arenas, it's really hard to be steadily employed. The th- the one that comes to mind is coaching mostly. And that's because if you're doing like life coaching or business coaching or things like that, and you have clients that are only paying for a few hours a month and you have to line up a lot of them in order to make it work. And so you're going to spend a lot of time doing marketing and things like that in order to build it up to the point where you're making enough money. It also depends on what enough is, right? Like I talk to some friends and they say enough is when they make, you know, income is $12,000 a month, right? Me, $12,000 is an astronomical amount that I don't really need. Enough for me is $5,000, right? So to go in and, and be at need to earn 12 or need to earn five is a totally different standpoint even mm-hmm. when you're going in. Now, when I started out, I wanted a lifestyle business. I wanted a business where I could go biking or I could go kayaking in the middle of the day sometimes. And I didn't have to work weekends and I could make up my own plans. And now as I look at my business, I want to probably move into doing some more training and mentoring of like newer programmers and actually working with a small team. And so I've adjusted my branding even recently and trying, starting to work towards trying to scale up a business. So I have one or two people around, even though they're on full-time contract or as employees proper. I think that's a big thing to consider when you are, and I think it's something you need to evaluate periodically as well so that you're making the decisions that are right for you within your business. Yeah, and even then, like I would consider, I would still say that I want to run a lifestyle business. I expect mm-hmm. to be able to take off around Fridays and do some, I usually do some biz dev and a meeting in the morning and then ride my bike, and I would expect that, and I would hope to be able to provide that for my employees as well, right? Friday afternoons is just do whatever you want. Friday mornings is, you know, working on WordPress core, working on an open source project, and you can do whatever you want all Friday afternoon. What kind of questions do you need to ask yourself in order to determine if if you want more of the lifestyle business or more of the other kind of business? Because what do you want seems a little bit vague to me. I think it's your priorities, right? I knew from a very, in my late teens that I wanted to be a dad one day. Not at that moment, but I wanted to be a dad one day. And so my priority was always being a good dad and even looking back at my father who did the best he could, but he did a lot of traveling, especially when I was you know, under 10. He was traveling all over the world for IBM. And I actively decided I did not want to do that. And so like I left one job even partway through before I started opening my own business where I had to do like a two hour commute every day and I made amazing money. I didn't make as, as good of money even for the first couple of years programming, but and I didn't mind the work either. I just didn't want to travel. And so as soon as they shifted their business and I had to travel every day, I said, forget it. And I quit for like, I went from a hundred dollars an hour to $15 an hour simply to cut a drive. So what does a lifestyle business look for for you guys? or look like for you guys? I mean, you've talked a little bit about um, priorities oh, being around for the family and stuff, but... I'm, a lot of it for me is mostly freedom and flexibility. Like, I have control over my calendar. I have control over, you know, where I work. 
and I have control over what I work on. Now, it's not complete control. You know, like client obviously is going to have something that they need and I might not want to do it, but I need to do it. Or there's a meeting I have to go to, but I have the flexibility is on the far end of a lot of control versus like an employee who's in an office where everything's dictated. You know, and so that means I can more or less wake up if I need to. If I feel sick or not 100%, I can take a take a day off. Like Curtis was saying, if I want to go and go for a two-hour run in the mid-afternoon, I can go do that. Like like urgent stuff or any fires are taken care of, I can do what I want. And if I feel like I need to work at nights, you know, when my daughter was born, I had to do a lot of, you know, weird scheduling just to work around her sleep schedule. You know, being able to work at nights and not having to ask my client if I could do that was important. Mostly just flexibility. Yeah, it's the same thing with me. I had some flexibility when I worked at an agency, but like I couldn't even take a long lunch sometimes because I wouldn't get those billable hours in that they expected you to have every week. Yeah, and one thing that I'm finding with my lifestyle business is that I like some of the clients I work with, but I'm not always engaged by the work that I'm doing. You know, so so for me, it's about freeing up some time and it's about helping people, you know, make better lives, which is a lot of what the podcasts are about and a, a lot about what some of these other things that I, I would really like to do. I really enjoy doing training and, and career coaching. So I feel like I could possibly move into a position where, you know, where I'm doing a lot more of those things and a lot less of actually the day-to-day freelancing for pay directly for my time, you know, whether it's uh, daily, monthly, or weekly. And, you know, it's interesting how that's changed over the last four years that I've been self-employed. You know, so for me, it's kind of, coloring things in a different way and pushing me in a different direction. But the interesting thing is, is I really do enjoy writing code and I really do enjoy a lot of the challenges there. And so I want to keep some hold on that too. And so I find myself a lot of times trying to make a distinction and a decision between more or less two paths that I could follow because I don't know that I could do either, you know, I can do both of them well at the same time. Do you guys ever run into that kind of thing where you feel like there are multiple areas that you want to pursue, but you only have time for one? Never. (laughs) All the time. I was actually just listening to a good podcast from Sean West, the Sean West podcast. I think his name is actually Sean Boss, um, where they talked about the overlap technique, so getting into consulting, and then once your consulting is rolling, starting doing some products, and then starting doing some training, so they all three overlap. They also talked about focusing on one, like get that consulting business rolling so it's like a well-oiled machine, right? Even if it's just you. So there's lots of cash in the bank that you can basically turn on your marketing funnel and get clients. And then then once it's at that point, not before, moving into the next thing. And once you get those products you know, going and generating a decent income, then moving into the training. Maybe they were talking even like a lot of consultants saying that when they start out, they don't. Like they get that consulting business just barely running. And then they start on the next thing and they get it just barely running and they start on the next thing. So then they have three things and they don't really make any more money. They just run around between three things more often. Juggling plates. It sounds like uh, at least partially some of the things that I've wound up doing over the years. As have I. Has am I actually. Yeah. So what kind of activities do you find yourself doing when you're in the build the business up mode? or the work double time mode so that I can take a month off when the baby's born mode, as opposed to being in a lifestyle business mode. Well, I'm not taking an hour to read you know, books to my kid at lunch. I'm taking you know short Friday bike rides or something, as opposed to taking the whole afternoon to go for a bike ride and sit and have coffee quietly and then get home. Or I'm not cutting out early on some days, getting up at five to work an extra couple hours every morning. 
Yeah. Or instead of, you know, reading fiction books at night, like I'll read business books or during the day, I'll do a lot more marketing or like actual heavy sales instead of just kind of like, oh, when someone contacts me, they contact me. You know, a lot of forecasting, a lot of planning of like, okay, if I get two clients this month, they should pay me, you know, the next month I would roll into this next thing, you know, basically kind of what if scenarios, you know, the more what you think about when you think of like heavy business stuff. Yeah. I, I find myself sacrificing a lot of personal projects too when I'm in that mode just to focus on one mm-hmm. thing at a time and, and getting that one thing done. And whether it's, you know, more client work or whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm ramping up for this launch and so I'm going to spend a lot of time working on this other product or things like that. So you wind up saying no a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not completely autopilot, but it, you know, anything that's not the thing you're building up goes on autopilot. Yeah. And, and the only thing that I've really found that is difficult about that is if the thing that I'm focused on is not the consulting business, I still have to spend time doing the marketing and and things like that and keep business coming in because that's really what's paying the bills. And so even though it's a distraction from the other focus, it's a necessity. And so sometimes I find that meeting that balance and finding that that place to be in is kind of hard. Well, I mean, that's kind of what Curtis was saying where, you know, in your case, maybe you left the consulting part too early. Like it's not spinning on its own yet. It's still, it's, you know, it yeah. winds down if you're not there cranking it and you, maybe you need to put in processes or systems or automation or whatever, you know, whatever the problem is and ca- make it so it can keep spinning, you know, maybe not as fast, but maybe, you know, only 5% slower if you're not there cranking on it. Right. Fast enough to pay the bills and to keep paying the bills if I'm not shoveling coal into it all the time. Yeah, and that could also be in your consulting business scaling up so there is another contractor around or two that is working for you consistently, right? Right. And it may not. I know Sean is actually Sean McCabe is his name. He doesn't. He just works for himself. But he is in high enough demand because he got that consulting business so well-oiled over four years and like stuck to his guns and said no to the right things that he can say he has a project availability and it, he just gets someone, you know, calls him immediately. I'll take it and they'll take, like, you can book out the next couple of weeks or next couple months of work with just one email. So the other question I guess I have is, do consulting businesses, you know, like ours, or product businesses tend to lend themselves more toward being a lifestyle business, or do they lend themselves more toward being a crank money out business? All depends on the owner. Yeah. And though I have my friend Pippin, who runs a couple big WordPress plugins, he can choose, I know he can choose to work less or he can choose to hire some other people for the business because it's making plenty of money now, but he's also a bit of a workaholic. So he just said recently that he spent his first real time unplugged because he happened to be in Canada and did not get a Canadian cell phone plan. Right. I mean, there's, you know, consulting businesses like mine where it's, it's just me. It's more of a lifestyle type thing. And then there's other ones I know where it's, you know, turns into a consultancy where they have employees, they have staff and the owner, you know, it might take you know, a couple, several, maybe a, a decade to get it to that place, but they can actually walk away. Like they could leave for a month or two months and the business will keep running and, you know, we'll keep throwing off revenue. We'll keep getting projects, you know, started and finished and all that. And product business, same thing. I mean, there's some product businesses where, you know, if the owner leaves, the product crashes. Like there's, there's no ongoing marketing. There's nothing keeping it moving. But then there's other product businesses that are throwing off, you know, money every month, even if the owners neglect it. So it depends on the owner, depends on how you have set up and what systems you have in place, really. Yeah, yeah I think it's the processes, those systems that Eric was just talking about, right? I know in my business, I've got a few of them, but 
I don't think my consulting business has enough that I could turn it totally on autopilot. Really, I think I need to be in there regularly still because I don't have those processes. Walking away totally now would be a bad idea. So is the key to all of this automation, building systems? I mean, if that's what you want. If you want a lifestyle business, you can just, you know, you are the process, you are the system, and you don't have to invest the time and money and resources to do it. But if you do want to be the making money, you either need systems or you need something to accelerate it. Like if you're doing a product business and you get VC capital, like, you know, a couple million dollars is an accelerant. So you can keep doing things by hand and hope that you hit the big lottery. You probably won't just by, you know, statistical odds, but um, you could do that. Or you can, you know, take VC money or have your own, you know, self-funding stuff, put that money into building systems, build a business. And then maybe a couple of years down the road, your business is kind of going on its own. You know, and like the, the extremist sample is Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week stuff. I think even more running by yourself, setting up a bunch of processes to automate things is awesome. So I do a mastermind and I render at the screencast every Friday and I have it set up so Vimeo just pushes it right over into the WordPress install I need it pushed into all the time. It's not a lot of time I would kill doing that, but that means I can set it up to render to Vimeo and go out on my bike ride and it's just done when I come back. I don't have to do anything about it. Yeah, or if you hired someone where you, you know, dropped the file into Dropbox or gave it to them somehow and they did it all and uploaded it for you. I mean, it, automation doesn't have to be software. It can actually be hiring people to do it for you. Yeah, and I did that this year with my assistant. My admin assistant does like all my taxes for me, proofreads my blog posts, makes sure my emails are scheduled properly and moves them over so I don't have to do any of that. Interesting. Do you find yourself creating systems for your assistant? You know, so you give them a step one, step two kind of thing, or at least general guidelines that will help them get it done more quickly. Uh, Absolutely. When I started off, I recorded a bunch of screencasts on how I do it. And then I told them, use my way for, you know, till you know my way really good. And if you find better ways, let's do it. If there's faster ways, then I'm totally fine with that. So when we first started, we put a lot of due dates on things, but now we just, she just does it. So when she, mm-hmm. yeah, even my taxes, when she first started, she was like doing receipts every week and now she does them like every other week. She just goes through them all. Nice. That's what I think. She's even caught a bunch of things like, hey, did you forget to put a receipt in for this? When she's looking at my credit card and it's like, I totally did. Let me find that. Which I never would have caught myself because I just never would have looked. I think we probably have an extra, I don't know, three or $400 of claims, even just for my last trip that I would have just missed because I didn't, you know, t- didn't take a picture of the receipt or something. And even had it, having her around made me automate my process even more. And I, so I went to a paperless office and I have a, like a phone image scanner that sends directly to Evernote that then sends it off to her to-do list for me. So now I have everything in Evernote searchable for this year. And that saves me tons of time and tons of storage space already. Hmm. Maybe we should do an episode on going paperless. Or in my case, starting to use paper more. <laughs> no, always the contrary, Eric, eh? I, it's, you know, use the tool that works the best and that's what's been working for me. I have a note moleskin right across me with keyboard shortcuts written down. When I learn all the ones on the, on the, for Fantastical first, then I'll cross them off and move on to the next set. Interesting. I know we kind of talked around this a lot, but is there kind of a step-by-step process that people should go through in designing the, you know, the lifestyle that they want from their business or, you know, the outcomes that they want from their business, I guess might be a better way to put it. Don't you start with the outcomes and then work backwards from there? Okay. Like when you have a deadline on a project, you say, when's it due? Okay, now let's work backwards. Do we have enough time to even do that? Or what will it take to get to that? What if people don't have a clear idea of what those outcomes should be? Guess. I guess that's true. If yeah, I mean, it's not I, working as you go, right? 
Yeah, like I don't like the outcome idea. I also kind of am coming down hard on setting goals and all that stuff, but that's a huge tangent for today. I think if you know if you go back to like why you're starting, what principles you have, what values you have, that's good. And I've actually I have a little sheet that I give to some people about, you know, if they're kind of trying to debate what to do. But you know, if you could like rate different things of like what you and what you want your business to be, like, do you want to have freedom to work at home? Like, is that something you value a lot or do you want to have freedom from having a single boss? Doing kind of that stuff, figuring out what you, what you want from there, you probably will, you'll lean one way or the other, I would think. And that can kind of guide what you do and that can guide what decisions you make. You know, obviously you're going to take into account like, you know, any current circumstances, like if you, if you want the lifestyle business, but you don't have enough money to pay your bills this month and someone gives you a rush project that you're going to have to work nights on, it's probably fine just to take the extra project and work nights so you can pay your stuff. But know when you're accepting it that this is not the ideal thing for me at this point, but it's something that's going to let me continue doing my thing. That's kind of how I approach it. That's what I recommend to people. Um, and just kind of review it, I guess, maybe every year, every six months or so, just to kind of make sure like, you know, maybe you've grown as a person or changed as a person or your business is going a different way and you actually want to change it from one way to the other. Yeah, when I started, I thought it was just working at home and getting to set some of my own hours. But after working for an agency for three months, I was like, no, it's totally not. Not just that. It's a whole bunch of other things that combine to it. And I'm willing to put up with the occasional client, ridiculous client to get all the other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, some stuff like as you work, it's going to become important, like, you know, being around for your kids, like, People say that's important, but until you actually do it, it might you might not really realize how important it is because that also means maybe you're around to cook them lunch and maybe one of them hurt the other one and you got to be around to help them. And, you know, it actually causes interruptions to your business. And so if you're the type of person that has to really focus on things, that might actually be not a good fit. And so you might want to have an office space or you might want to focus on building a consultancy instead of a I'm going to work at home with really flexible hours. And, you know, like I said, that's why you review. It's like as stuff comes up, you're going to see that and be able to make adjustments, make corrections. Yeah, I think those are both important. So it, it almost sounds like you need to think about what you want, you know, be that outcomes or the things that you value or whatever. And then it also sounds a lot like you guys are advocating that you just kind of adjust. This is working. This isn't working and make adjustments. Do you find that making a plan helps out with some of this or or is it mostly, you know, a series of processes and systems and habits and things like that that take you that direction? Yeah, when I started automating things, I just figured out what my admin assistant needed to do and could she do it with our current tools and the rules were nope, she couldn't because I was just all locked up with me. And so then I started to automate. I know even working at home has worked very well up till the last month or two when my three-year-old has been a lot a lot more needy, a little more whiny, maybe to do with the new baby. And so it's a lot harder. It's harder to work at home now and to actually get the proper hours in because she wants my time or she's you know throwing a fit outside the door, which makes it hard to concentrate no matter how loud the music is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not so much a plan versus setting up processes. I think they do different things. Like planning is, you know, for lack of a better description, it's it's strategic versus automating, setting up processes, that kind of goes more into the tactical. You know, you can make a plan like, you know, business plan or where you want to be in the next few years. But unless you actually root that in, like how you're going to get there, what are you going to do? It's just a document. I mean, if you use it just to kind of brainstorm and really think through your things, like even the process of planning might actually be a good thing to do just so you can really, oh yeah, I really don't want to work at home. I want to work around people. That's important to me. 
you know, I mean, you can try it. I mean, I, you know, time box it, like set like 30 minutes and write down, like make a plan of this is where you want your business to be in the next whatever, five years, what you want your date, your normal everyday day to look like. Um, that can influence it too. Yeah, I know Michael Hyatt has or encourages you to write out your ideal week and see, like, so pretend you have no other commitments. What would your ideal week be for work? And then start working your current commitments so that they actually fit your ideal week. Yeah, that's that's a, a popular piece of advice, you know, doing it at least on the day side. Um, just have to be careful. You can't say, I'm going to sleep in, I'm going to read a book, I'm going to lazily eat some brunch, I'm going to watch some TV. Like, you have to actually have work in your day. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you guys want to add before we get to the picks? Uh, like I said, like do some of this thinking when you get started or, you know, if you're already started, like think of it now. Um, but you can change it as you go. You can, you know, you can grow your business. You can shrink it down. You know, don't worry that's set in stone, but put the time in and think about it. Think about what you want now and just come back to it in a little bit and see if that's still the same thing you want. All right. Let's go ahead and do the picks. Curtis, do you want to start with the picks? Sure. I'm going to pick JustBox app, which is a Chrome app, and it allows you to keep all your gists organized and even use it as like a, I guess a mini snippet repository for yourself. I've just started digging into it a lot more. I tried it a while ago and I wasn't in love with it, but it has changed a bit. It even lets you have group snippets so we could, you know, form a group for the freelancers show and then share snippets specifically to that. All right, Eric, what are your picks? So I got two today. One is a new blog that got started called Pace. It's by Jesse from You Need a Budget. He's, I uh, mentioned him on the past. He's done a lot of accounting stuff. He's really good at budgeting, financial stuff. And this blog is going to be about, I guess, small business. And I read his kind of introduction post of like why he's doing this. And I think it's going to be an interesting blog to watch if you don't know accounting, don't know finance, but you still kind of want to see your money or what's going on with it. Or if you, especially if you get confused and it's like, oh, I don't, your financial budgeting basically is just done by looking at your checking balance. Nice thing about him is he ties it to like actually how you can use finances and accounting to actually help your business instead of just being used for taxes. Uh, the second pick, it's a, a post by Naomi Dunford from Biz. It's called Not a Blog Person, Content Marketing for the Rest of Us. It's an interesting post because people talk about using content marketing and almost all the time it's basically you're blogging. Um, and so she actually kind of changes it around and shows some other ways of doing it. Instead of having a blog, maybe you just have articles or you do stuff on YouTube or you do videos that aren't on YouTube or whatever. Um, but it's nice to kind of break out of the rut to kind of worry that you have to do blogging. Awesome. It's been kind of a crazy week this last week, so I don't know if I have any picks. I did speak at Agile Roots Conference, which was a lot of fun, so maybe I'll pick that, but it's over this year. So I guess we'll just wrap up. Thanks for coming, guys. We'll catch you all next week. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.